Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. This week, as part of the Business of Fighting series, I'm speaking to two of Australia's greatest boxing exports, in my opinion. First one is Jeff Fennick, three-time world champion, absolute legend globally when it comes to his weight divisions, mad as a meat axe, and one of the best fight trainers ever come out of this country. And he trains the second person, and that person is Brock Jarvis. Brock right now is the undefeated junior featherweight champion of the world. He's only 22 years of age. That keeps him at a junior, under 23. And I'm going to be talking to these two guys about the business of boxing. Jeff as a trainer and Brock as a fighter. A twist of fate brought Jeff and Brock together, and we'll talk about how they actually met. But when it comes to Jeff, as a teen, before he became three-time world champion or even stepped foot into a boxing ring, Jeff was a street fighter, and he was always in brawls on the street. A police officer who came to the scene on one occasion when Jeff was actually in one of these street fights was a bloke called Pat Jarvis, policeman, a very well-known rugby league player, played front row for the St George Dragons. In fact, Pat was two years behind me at school, the same school. And uh, Pat Jarvis, as a policeman, took it upon himself to get Jeff off the streets and convince him to go to the police youth club. In other words, in those days, it was the police boys club. And here, Jeff met a very famous trainer, a guy called Johnny Lewis. And of course, we know what the story is. Jeff then went on to become an Australian boxing legend. Fast forward, past the world titles, and in 2014, a retired Jeff Fennick got a knock on the door from Brock Jarvis's dad, Dominic Jarvis, who happens to be Pat Jarvis's brother. Now, that is a twist of fate. Jeff wasn't looking to coach, but once he saw Brock train, he knew he had something special. And, and you know, Jeff can identify a star. Five years on, Brock is undefeated. He's had 17 wins. He's had 15 by knockout. He's got an unbelievable body punch. He's a good kid. And he's a great athlete as well. All in all, he is in the business of fighting. He's the business of boxing. He's the business of entertaining us. And we're going to talk about that business. I want to speak to Jeff about, by the way, what he saw in Brock that made him take a chance on him. Why Jeff paid forward what he'd learned from some of the great legends of boxing himself. And I want to ask Brock, how does he build his revenues, both getting new people to follow him, but getting new people to come to his fights, getting new people to sponsor him. How does he retain those revenue lines? And how does he deal with that in terms of expenses? And what is the sort of things he puts into his life, into his business life? So let's get into it. Well, this is a beauty for me. Uh, we've got my longtime mate, Jeff Fennick. Hey, Jeff, how you going, mate? Pretty good, Mark. Thank you for having me here. And one of the, in my opinion, I think Jeff's opinion too, one of the most promising up-and-coming fighters in this country that is Australia today 
by the way, based on a global basis, and that is Brock Jarvis. Hey, Brock, how you going, mate? Good, Mark. Thanks for having me. I've got to declare myself up front. Not only am I a uh, good mate to Jeff, I'm a good mate of Brocky. I've been following for a long time. I'm a big supporter of him, like I'm a Brock Jarvis fan. So this sound might sound a little bit wet, but that's the deal. We're in the middle of the coronavirus. Um, I really appreciate you guys coming in. I, I want to tell all our listeners we are 100% going by the advice as to distancing, social distancing, all that sort of stuff. We've gone through a massive process to get, even get in the building here where our studios are. But anyway, all good. We're not going to talk about coronavirus. We're going to talk about the business of boxing. Now, this is a part of a series of the business of boxing, and there's no better person to be in the business of boxing than the bloke here on my right. That's Jeff Fennick. And Jeff is Brock's trainer. Just to be clear, um, Jeff discovered Brock a long, long time ago. Mate, can you just tell me a little bit how you discovered this kid here? It was crazy, Mark. Um, everybody knows my life story, um, that uh, I had a crazy association with a police officer by the name of Pat Jarvis who was um, brought to a – an altercation one day down in St. Peter's where I was having a huge fight with a, a whole family. Pat took me away, walked me uh, to the side, had a little talk to me, and, um, yeah, I just couldn't believe that this first-grade rugby league football out was talking to me. As I, everybody knows, I love rugby league. That's my first love and still is. And um, I ended up going to the youth club one day where Pat was working, and um, we formed this amazing uh, friendship and association where Pat's mother was my dietitian and uh, Elizabeth, she looked after everything, Throw down my diet and stuff, and then um, years later, of course, I'd met all all the family. I'd met Brock's uh, father, Dominic, years earlier, and then one day, just out of the blue, um, it could have been five or six o'clock p.m., and uh, usually I'm out for dinner at that time. My door knocks, and Dominic Jarvis is there with this uh, little skinny guy, um, big smile on his face, looking at me. And um, he introduced me. He said, "Jeff, this is my son, Brock. He's just started to boxing. He's had a couple of amateur fights. Can you have a look at him?" How old was he? Uh, he was sixteen. How heavy was he? Uh, around 46 kilos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's amazing because Pat Jarvis, and I know Dom too, they're both big blokes. Dom's chunky and Pat's really tall. He played, I think he played front row for St. George, didn't he? Yeah, of course, played front row for St. George, state of origin, Australia. Yeah, and and not, uh, the other thing is Brock has, um, well, he has five younger brothers and um, even the ones that are three and, and five are heavier than him back then. They're, they're about <laughs> 46 then, yeah. kilos, yeah. <laughs> but he was the smallest. But um, the thing Mark, was, Mark, that he walked in the gym, we – just went through a few things and everything I asked him to do, of course he tried and you could see the thought pattern was there. And for me, um, thinking is more important than, than, than what you give because if you can't think, you can't give. And I, I looked at that and everything I told him to do, he done it with, uh, well, the, the most amazing commitment ever. And um, that day um, when he left, I was, I was really excited. I thought, wow, and I, said, I spoke to his father. I had to go away. I went away for I'm not sure how long, but as soon as I got back, I was um, employed to go over to Mexico to train a couple of uh, Mexican boxers. I remember that. Yeah, and um, I asked Brock and his family and his mother if they would allow Brock to come. They said yes. Uh, Brock and I jumped on a plane and uh, it all started there. It started in Mexico. We Mexico. Had our, we had our first fight in Bangkok. Uh, we had our second fight in Mexico. And then uh, we, we fought from there. But the sparring and, the, and the, the competition that he had in Mexico for a kid who was 46, 47 kilos, uh, the competition was amazing and he showed me some very, very special things there and, yeah, um, it made me love boxing again. Do you remember the event? Yeah, absolutely. Um, were you, were, like, I mean, I, let me ask you, Brock, why did you take up boxing? I mean, what Before you met Jeff, why did you do boxing? Was it because you were 46 kilos you needed to look after yourself? It was one of those hard luck stories or what's well, the deal? Um, I always played rugby league since yeah. a real young age and um, at the time when I met Jeff, when I was 16, um, I'd been boxing for 
just a little bit on the side, kind of with um, well, for fitness or yeah, just for fitness for footy. I, a couple of boys that played at the same rugby league club as me were doing some boxing just for fitness out in the shire because you're a shire boy. In the shire, yeah. So um, I started doing a bit with them, and I started to get more into it. Had a few fights, and then when I was 16, my old man took me to meet Jeff, and I just thought it was a one-off. Had you heard thing. of Jeff? Did you know he was? Of course, yeah. yeah. I I heard of Jeff. I'd watched most of his fights, and then um. Yeah, I met him. I just thought it was a one-off thing and I was, you know, pretty excited at the time and uh, then he asked me back and from then on, that's it. Because like, like my, my assessment of to some extent is not only a coach, but he's sort of like a mentor in terms of your boxing life. You, and in terms of being in the business of boxing, trying to make a quit out of it, he is mentoring you. I mean, he's coaching you to fight. He's actually showing you the ropes because there's a lot of tricks in boxing. I don't mean just in the ring. I mean outside the fucking ring. Like it's pretty tough outside the ring. Anything can happen. Yeah. Did you ever think to yourself when you were 16, did you have any idea how difficult it is outside of the ring? In other words, sponsors, organising a fight, making sure that, you know, you get the right fighter, yeah, no, getting the crowds. No idea. no idea, yeah. I, I didn't even think about that stuff. I, used to, I was obsessed with, with boxing. Was, That's good. Can yeah. Stop there. You're obsessed. Yeah. And the bloke here on my right, Fennec, I don't think I've ever met a more obsessive person, like like in terms of what he does. When he does something, it's complete fucking intensity. You know, Gary Vanacek, Gary V is intense. Jeff Fennick is turbocharged intensity with, with whatever it is he's doing, even if he's having a talk, even if he's talking to you. Like he wears me out just listening to him talk to him, right? I, I can spend like half an hour listening to him because he's he's so full on. Are you the same sort of person in terms of your training and your and what you how you apply sort of boxing? Uh, in training... Probably I, I'd be the same. Maybe not. I'm not. I'm very different person to Jeff. No, no, but, not outside the ring. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm but, talking about in the training environment. Yeah, towards training, definitely. Um, I know you fucking are, mate. Don't listen. I know you <laughs> long time. I know you don't even drink water because you worry about your weight. True. Oh, you, maybe true, you're younger, get, not true, 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 true. You do have to true. get pushed to drink water. I know you're obsessed. Now, every business person, mate, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with it. Okay. But you do have yeah. to manage yourself. But every business person I know who's successful is fucking obsessed with what mm. they do. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with it, okay? Obsession, and I say it all the time, is okay. You just got to manage it. That's, that's but obsession when it's required is okay. He won world titles, but a he was probably the fittest bloke in his division. Jeff here, I'm talking about he, yep. like there ever was. But he's obsessed with the way he did it. I mean, it, it wasn't a chore for me. Like it's sort of like uh, most people think, oh, fuck, I've got to get trains. What I've got to do? Go and run that five k's, ten k's, whatever it is, and I've got to go and do my workout. He would have been. He doesn't even fucking sleep now. True, Jeff? I was up one this morning, but Mark, I want to go back to this, what, one of the questions you, that you asked, Brock, about at the start about sponsorship and stuff. And, and back in the day when I first trained all my boys, I always helped them. But um, I kind of learnt today as I'm looking at brain injuries and things that happen in sport. And I thought one of my most important and main jobs with Brock is now if I'm going to look after this, I've looked after him totally. I'm going to try to make the, the have the full package and not just to make him the best fighter there is, but also to, to make sure that he has investments. Um, and I, I was very, very blessed. I had a lot of good people that were in my corner, like the Packers and Theronis Furu who helped me and uh, Paul Hotz who helped me uh, an enormous amount towards the end of my career. And I want to make sure that whatever happens, um, that early on that Brock's going to look at his portfolio and say, wow. You know, this is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 22 now, I own a property, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I'm, I'm really, really blessed that his father, Dominic, works really um, uh, beside me and we work together to make sure that Brock is going to be Well, let be me just tell you that, mate. That, that's an interesting one. So but I said earlier, you're not only are you, are you Brock's coach, but to some extent you're his mentor, and I often say mentor is about paying it forward. So whatever I got, I'm trying to pay forward. That's what the mentor 
show's all about. It's me trying to pay forward what I learned from people who were successful who got into my corner in business, that is, and helped me be successful in what I did. And I want to tell everybody about that. That's really important to me. So are you saying to me the same thing? Are you saying you want to pay forward what you got from various people like Kerry Packer, Thea Onesru, Paul Hotz? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of others as well. There's plenty it took away from me but that I know of, but plenty gave to you. Are you. Have you chosen this kid here, Brock Jarvis, to be the recipient of your pay forward? Is that to, to some extent what you're saying? I oh, definitely so. I'm, I'm, I've chosen Brock's come into my life and he's going to be the person that am. Um, uh, whether the successes and the mistakes I made, I'm going to make sure that I make him a better person for it and make sure that um, that he's going to be very, very happy at every stage of his career. Fuck. I'm sure he's happy now. As as we have more success, uh, he's going to be fine. I'm going to make sure of that. And we're blessed. Mark, as you know, I've got an amazing group of people who have sponsored Brock and helped me. And um, Brock and I really appreciate him. We'll mention him later, like that lose advantage from Cave and Paul from AWI and David Pascoe from Australian Properties. These guys have been with us from the day we started and um, well, we can't thank them enough. I'm going to stop right there because this is really important, Brock. Whenever he used to fight, he'd always get – I mean, I've been to a lot of his fights in the early days. We're going back a while now. But Jeff, at the end of the fight, would always get him to thank everybody because he knows, A, he appreciates it, obviously, and I know you appreciate it, but Jeff knows that's the business. You've got to get that name out there. And he couldn't fucking help himself. He just did it then, right? I didn't even yeah. cue him into it. He just, he's doing it for you. Yeah. I mean, do you, what do you learn from that? I mean, why do you think Jeff has this instinct? He's not educated university. He doesn't run big businesses, but he knows straight away, get in early and talk up the revenue piece. The people give you the revenue. You know, the sponsors are revenue. Yeah, well, I think Jeff just knows the importance of them and he, uh, he gives back in any way he can, so... But where do, where where does where do you think he gets that that sort of bravado to actually say it? Say it. He doesn't give a shit. And Mark, I think it's something that's lost in the world. Today. It's called loyalty and gratitude. And gratitude, one million percent. Um, you know, um, I I just know that when somebody helps you, um, yeah, they don't ask me to to mention them. I mention. Yeah, them but why I, is it you, mate? Have because Brock's shy, right? I know Brock's shy. One of the reasons I wanted to get Brock in here because I I wanted to bring this out. Like, it's a really endearing virtue of Brock's his shyness. He's not brash. He's not arrogant. He's shy. But with shyness. Sometimes you can miss an, an opportunity and it's it's really important. I mean, I look at a lot of other fighters, they are full on, whether it's like Chock, for example. Like it, I'm not saying it's the right way to go about it, but it's full on, okay, and, but it sort of works for him. So why is it you have this ability to overcome the shyness and talk about your sponsors straight up and talk about loyalty and talk about gratitude? Why is it you have it where Brock is shy? How, how, do you, how do you bridge that? How do we build a bridge? You know, Mark, I feel I was very, very blessed. My first trainer who I don't talk today, Johnny Lewis, um, he taught me all these traits. He, um, wow, he was the most uh, loyalist group of um, people that I Tell ever, me about the team. Yeah, well, yeah, the team's everything. For me, um, and this is going to be, this is going to sound really strange. Mark, I won for the team. I didn't win for myself. It was never, of course I loved it, but it was never for me. But when I, after a fight, when I'd seen my team and seen the smiles that I put on Johnny's face and all of a sudden Johnny's saying, you know, Jeff Phoenix is going to be able to do this. And when I'd done that and proved what he said was right, through obviously our hard work and my teamwork, I couldn't ask for any more. I didn't want to give any more. That's, that's what I fought for. I fought when, you know, when Australia were there supporting me, when I said I love you all. And like I said, I'm, I'm, one of the, I'm this person, Mark, that I know that I would not be here if it wasn't for the, you know, the support of the Australian public and having good people around me. You don't get to this position in life, in, in sport, in work, in, in any atmosphere, in any, in any place that um, – Unless you uh, have good people around you and you um, and you enjoy it and, and, and you know how to share it, and I love sharing my success. That was my, my greatest thing. Um, 
I wasn't selfish one bit. Every time I won, everybody that was in my team won. Everything that I got, I shared with everybody. Sometimes I look back today and think that I do the right thing because at, uh, at this point in time, I don't talk to my trainer, Mark, you know, where I kind of, I give this example that everything that Johnny taught me and he taught me the most amazing trades that I've ever could believe in and live up to, he's betrayed me on every one. And um, you know, I'll say to his face, I'll say to anybody, and uh, he'll never say a bad word about me because he knows I tell the truth. And um, I'm hurt to this day. I've never been more shattered in life from the experiences that I am, um, the great experiences that turned into to darkness for me. And then, Brock, do you sort of get what Jeff's talking about, like in terms of how does Brock Jarvis take the experiences of his trainer and his mentor and use that in a business sense to pump up his own tyres without being – because it's not really a shy thing to be arrogant or show off. I mean, it's, it's not really Aussie either for that matter. But how do you overcome that? Uh, have you thought about this stuff? Uh, not really. I just I, I hear Jeff talk about Johnny Lewis. You know, that's just something that I would never or never want to have with Jeff, you know. I just want to – same as him. I want to make him happy. Um, do you want to fight for Jeff? I'm, I'm similar like him, I, I believe. I, how he said that he used to fight for his team, I, I feel the same way. I, I like to make everyone happy in the team. And make them proud. That's actually a big deal if you're, and that's a fairly mature position to be in. So you're 22 now. How old were you, Jeff? When you, when um, you I won first my first world title when I was 20, just before I was right. 21. But the thing that you'll notice with Brock as well, Mark, is the first thing that he does after a fight, he doesn't go and jump on the ropes and, you know, parade for himself. He comes straight to us, cuddles me, cuddles his dad, cuddles the corner. Uh, that's what it's about. That's that's and what sponsors. I love. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. They're all up now. They love us. Bill. I mean, we're blessed. Uh, yeah, we, we. But they're in the ring with us. But I'm just saying, we're a team, and um, this dream wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the team behind us. So I'm one million percent sure that yeah, unless we had people like Joe Molinari from Combined Wines and Singer Beer and all those other guys that help us, um, this dream wouldn't be possible. When I travel to America and when I travel to uh, Bangkok three or four times a year, and we stay in beautiful hotels and. We pay sparring partners. It doesn't happen without uh, the help of our friends. And, yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at one that's talking to me at the moment that's been a, a major part of and that's you, Mark, and I can't thank you enough. And I want to really just do a really quick uh, reverse and go this. Mark, one of the, the, the greatest periods of my life was, and I was on a bit of a, a downer back then. I often say to people that being on a celebrity apprentice and um, listening to you talk and talk about individuals and um, listening to your total outcome on trying to work out who every person was in our teams, and um, yeah, you uh, you won me over back then. I've never um, been more prouder than to hear you talk about me and uh, the way you made me feel on the show. And um, I'll be forever indebted and grateful for uh, for the celebrity apprentice. I, I loved it. And I think that it should be on forever because I think people um, become better people for it. And I mean, I thought I was great before that, but to be able to go out and show my my way and make all that money for those charities, well, it made me really proud. I want to thank you and Celebrity Apprentice for that opportunity as well. It was an interesting ride for both of us. I remember Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> we had some fun. I have to tell a story. Jeff rang me originally and said, can you get Johnny... Johnny Stephenson. Johnny Steph, Johnny Stephenson, who was, you know, uh, he's a Commonwealth Games... Gold medalist. Gold medalist, 400 metre runner. Um, and uh, a good kid, and uh, Jeff asked me, could Johnny come on the show? And I, we, we were recruiting for the show, and I said, yeah, no worries. But I thought about it, and I thought, yeah, but I'll do it on the basis that, Jeff, you come on the show um, as well because Jeff's a big talent, um, and uh, no one really knew Johnny Stephenson that well at the time. It was good for his career to get on the show. In fact, now Johnny's in media. Wow. He's done well out of it. But I really wanted to get Jeff Fennig on the show, and uh, I knew if I'd asked Jeff myself, he probably would have said, no, I'm not going to come on. But he came on as a package deal. And that series, that celebrity apprentice series, is one of our best series that we ever had. And everything I said, mate, about your character still stands today, and I believe in it. But we're not here to buff each other. 
But Brock, what's interesting about this is that's loyalty. Jeff's always been extremely loyal to me. I'm yeah. I'm loyal back in return. And that sort of process goes around in a circle. He's being loyal to you. You're being loyal to him. You're going to have times where you're going to have a fucking dust up for sure. No dramas. He that's, can beat me. That's normal. <laughs> Ask him. That's, well, he probably thinks he can. But that's normal. <laughs> but, right, but, that, but that's normal. But how do you in the business of boxing, Brock, make sure that you look after your revenue line? Because your job, your product is you get up and entertain us, okay? And your entertainment, that's your product, Okay. And you only get up maybe twice a year, maybe once, sometimes once a year, maybe this year, not even, might not even get up this yeah, year yeah. Um, because of all the shit that's going on. That's your product. You only get one or two opportunities to do it. And that's, you can make good money out of that. You, you know, you get your purse if you win, you get something if you lose as well. You get maybe share of the gate or the door, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, they've got promoters or sort of stuff. But if you don't fight, then you have to live off the money you get from your sponsors. That's your business. That's your revenue line. Then you've got your expense line. You've got to live. You've got to eat. You've got to pay blokes so you can spar with. You know, you've got your trainers, your massage, your health. You've got travel. You've got to fly to places. Yeah. And all that comes out of your sponsors because, you know, it's not as if you're some kid who's rich and you've got a, you know, a big pile of dough that you can start with. Yeah. And, uh, and you haven't got to a stage yet where you won enough money to process this. How do you link? I want to hear you tell me. How do you link sponsorship with revenue and therefore what have I, you, what's Brock Jarvis got to do to build that revenue and to retain the revenue? Because revenue is about finding it and retaining it. So what are the two processes about finding it? How do you find the revenue? I know you rely on Jeff a lot, but as an image, as the Brock Jarvis image, how do you build your image to find revenue? What is the image that you think you're projecting? Who who is Brock Jarvis? Well, I just, um, about keeping the revenue, I think, it's all about respecting the, the guys that they look after us. So that's retention. So you tell me, what do you, what do you think you do? I mean, like, and, and I know Jeff will jump in, but because you're only 22, but still I would like to know what, what do you understand by retention of revenue, retention of sponsors, which is retention of revenue, which pays your expenses. What do you do? Like uh, I see Jeff's got Cabe on there. That's a construction company, right? That's Lou Zerenovic. That's yep. Lou, yep. Who, who played rugby league for? Who, Panthers. Panthers, that's right. Lou. Champion. About my age, Lou. Um, yeah, and, Lou's uh, about eighty-five. Yeah, about your age. Um, yeah, but what do you what do you do to, to retain him? Because like I know what my business is doing right now. When we have Yellow Brick Road hasn't got much revenue coming through, right? Because people aren't applying for home yeah. loans at the moment. So we got our branches all around Australia. We're ringing every customer who's currently a customer. Tell me, you okay? Do you need anything? Do you need any hardship relief? How are you going? Yeah. We're also building our brand. We're actually putting out there. We're being. We're going to help you. We're, we're we're building our brand in their eyes to make sure they stay with us because we're not getting new business. So we've got yeah. to keep what we got. What do you do now? So how do you interact? I think what you mean communication with yep. these guys. Comms, yep. Yeah, well, I just try and stay close to them. and. But how? Do Through Jeff? Yeah, of course, yeah. But what yeah. What do you do? Do you run a I mean, Instagram? I, I, still, I, still, I still speak to, you know, I, I phone them myself and I, yeah, I good. talk to my sponsors. And Do you rely on Jeff to do, tell you should you phone or do you just get no, this morning I, and say build a schedule? I've got to ring up Luz today because yeah, I haven't Yeah, sometimes just on my own. I just do it. Whenever, you know. But do you actually sit down and say, today I've got to go out and speak to, or this week I've got 10 sponsors, this week I'm going to, I'm going to deal with two? Well, yeah, Mark, I, I do, yeah. I want to butt in. So hopefully, hopefully when he gets home today, he's going to write down a few things that he's learned here today and he'll do that on his own. Um, yeah, I think that's such an important part of You tell me he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it enough. Okay, so that, yeah. what do you think oh, about I believe that? I do. I do speak to my sponsors. Okay, let, let's just yeah. explore it a little bit because, you know, people listening to this, because a lot of people have different views on how you deal with retention of the money, you know, like what's, what is enough? When you think you might have done enough, in my opinion, and I'm not, I'm not giving a, a view on what you do, but in my opinion, you haven't done enough. So you have never done enough. No one's ever done enough. 
I say to my branches, if you speak to your client once, that's not enough. Speak to them 10 times. You, you've actually got to put your client in a position where, shit, I'm sick of hearing from them. Yeah. Because you're enough might not be there enough. It's better to be too much than be not enough. So it's better to be conservative, I think, when it comes to retention of clients, especially in these environments, what we have today, because clients are gold. In your case, your clients are yeah. your fans yeah. and your sponsors. And I reckon, you know what, at the end of the day, what do you think your sponsors really want from you? What do you think they're looking for? I think for? they want me to succeed. No, but what do they think they want for them, for themselves, from you? Oh, you honestly, think I think a lot of them just help me just because I think it satisfies them just to see someone achieving their goals. Okay, do you think that's because that's what they will tell you, okay? Yeah. Because we all yeah. say that. Hey, <laughs> we look after you because we want you to do it very well. Yeah. I'll go one step further. I'll be a bit more ruthless than that. All your sponsors, they want you to help their brand, but really it's more than that. It goes beyond that. They want to be part of a world champion. Yeah. And I'm not having, having a crack at anybody because I'm, I'm that type of bloke too. I just know how they are, mate. Yeah. And if you know that, you got to play that. I don't mean in a bad way. I'm not trying to be sinister. I'm, I'm just saying play back to them what they want, what they really, really want from you. They want Brock to be successful so that they can share in that glory. question is how do you get them to share in it? Well, you become their friend. They want to be friends with Brock Jarvis. Everybody wants to be friends with Mike Tyson if they could be. Yeah. A van of Holyfield. That's why we love these people. You, you've seen them yourself. You met Jeff Fennick. You know, like you met him for your own reasons, mate, not because you want to make Jeff feel good. You want yeah, him to feel good. Yeah, of course, yeah. You're in that position now. Brock yeah. Jarvis is in that position because that people say, well, shit, one day I want to be able to say, Mark Boris might be able to say, I knew Brock Jarvis when he was 22 and he was the world youth junior featherweight champion, right? Yeah. But now I know him because he is the world featherweight champion, WBC. Mm. I want to be able to say that. Yeah. I want to say I was part of that. Yeah. Uh, for me, mate, not yeah. just for you. I want yeah. you to get there because I'm your friend. Yeah. But sponsors might, unless you build friendship with them, they might be just seeing a sponsor, but they want it for themselves. Exactly what you said. They want to be on that ride with them to be able to say, listen, I helped Brock from, from the start and I'm here at the end. How proud am I? How proud am I of Brock? And that's what I want Brock to know. That's, what, that's, that's, that's how I want him to treat these guys. I want him to, to do as much as he can for them because then whatever happens, irrespective of whatever happens, nobody can ever say we didn't, we didn't give back, we didn't give enough. Yeah, but, and, and so Brock, I'd be doing two things. Not only would I be getting on the telephone talking to him, not just when Jeff tells me, just surprise him when they're expecting it. Ask them how, how they're going. Like how, you Text them if you, if you feel more comfortable. Text them. Uh, how is the economy affecting you? Yeah, you're okay. You're sweet. Thinking about you. Blah blah. It sounds like bullshit. I know. And for a young fellow, it sounds like oh, I don't want to be a wanker. I don't want to be. You, when I was young, I would have been the same. I would have thought it was ah oh, fuck that. Like I'm being. A, a Mark, dickhead. how good would that make you feel if, if this young kid? Hundred percent. Just to see how you're doing. When I business. get your when I got your text yesterday, I was fucking delighted. When I get yeah. a note from you, I mean, yeah, I, I sit there looking so. at my Instagram. I get thousands of people saying, "Oh, wonderful." I get a little note from Brock Jarvis, the skinny little kid. I think, fucking, that's cool. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. No, but you don't realise because I I think I've I've earned that. I deserve that. I'm backing him. Yeah. They're all the same. Okay. And if you want to retain them, and that's the first thing I'll be doing. The second thing I'll be doing is we all love your image, okay? Brock Jarvis, he's a clean kid. He's a good boy. He's not getting fucking arrested left, right and centre. You know, I mean, not that I have a problem with tattoos because, you know, George Cambosis, I mean, I, George Cambosis is a wonderful bloke. Lovely, lovely family guy. You know? Lovely boy. So so was Alex Volkanovsky. Yeah. Tim Zhu. They're all good mm. boys, okay? We have in this country a number of really good young men. I'm not that familiar with women, but I have met a couple of really good young men who represent this country on the world stage and are clean. That's how I see your image. 
I'm, I've said it before, big brands are happy to support good images like that, big time. Yeah. But it's about you telling me what your image is, your signature, what you stand for, how often you tell me, you know, hard work, effort, skill, who you associate with, what regimes you put yourself into. I fucking want to know. I want to know what your story is. Yeah. You might think to yourself, oh, maybe they don't really want to know. But, mate, if you want to retain people, and I'm not here to give you a lecture, but I just I need to get this off my fucking chest because this is really important for everyone in business. You've got to earn your fucking revenue. You've got to attract people with your image and your skill. I don't care whether you're a fighter or whether you're trying to sell a plumbing service. It's about image and skill. And then you've got to c- can hold those people. You've got to keep talking to them. So, Brock, most people who start up business are like you. They're very skilled. They're smart kids. They're obsessed with the way they practice their business skills, like you do, with the way you train, which is in the business of fighting. That's your mm. product. Why is it you might not feel comfortable? What do you think it is people your age stop you from doing that? What, what's the bridge? Well, you said I'm in the business of fighting, so I, I believe I believe that's my office. I, I do my, my talking with my, my In the fist. ring? Yeah, in the ring. But so. Okay, so do you, but do you feel like you don't want to be on the telephone, checking on people, how they're going, and uh, – promoting yourself through all the various social medias which your age group does. Have you sat down and made a decision? Look, I, no, I'm going to I'm going to do my talking in the ring. Is that a decision you've made, bold, a bold decision in I your I wouldn't say mind? it's a decision. I just believe that's – I feel like that's me. Yeah, well, t- talk to me about that when you say you believe. I feel like that's me. I don't – You're I don't more comfortable like I, doing yeah, that. Yeah, I don't feel like I need to go and, you know, talk like some of these other fighters do. Yeah, okay. But you, maybe you don't need to talk like, for example, you know, some of the Americans like the way they can. I agree. But let's say – Brock talked the way Brock talked or spoke. You know, like yeah. Brock's got a message and the message is I'm communicating with you, you know, sponsors, I'm communicating with my fans because you want them to turn up. You want them to watch on pay TV. You want them to turn up your fight. Yeah. I mean, how is the best way to build a bridge? To get them always connected with you because it's all about connectivity. You're, you're, yeah. Your age group is all about connectivity with your friends. Yeah. How do you keep connected to your fans, your sponsors? What in your social media do you think they want to know about you? Probably everything. Yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah. what would you start with? I mean, you could start with story. Yeah. How I met Jeff? Yeah. So I could start with something like that. Yeah, because yeah. no one knows. Mm. Well, it's a great story, Mark. It's when a you, fucking great when story. You Pat Jarvis, about, your yeah, uncle, wow. your dad's brother, your dad. Yeah. That's a great story. Like yeah. uh, Destiny. Well, it's sort of like, it's uh, like your yeah. obsession. Like yeah. Um, yeah. the fact you're in, business, in the business of boxing, you're obsessed with how you train. Mm. I mean, I want people to understand how much fucking effort you actually put into what you do. Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about it in the second half. Like, Yep. People have no idea. I have an idea, but mm. people have no idea what you do. They just think, look at this kid, he just turns yeah. up, gets the ring, yeah. Yeah, he's right, got right. a natural ability, he can yeah. go on. Mate, they have no idea about the sparring you do. They don't know where you travel to and how many times you get hit, how many times you skip, how many how many kilometres you run every day, what speed you run at, yeah. why you push yourself, when the sprints, all the, the dumbbell work you do, all the pad work you do, all the sparring you do, all the blood you lose, yeah. and all the – the risks you take. And Mark, when I hear all these other guys and they train four or six hours a day, Mark, you know, you've trained with me. Hmm. It's impossible to do what we do for, yeah, for, for <laughs> an hour. You know, well, so. Joe Molinari. Oh, yeah, well, he's, he's a freak. He's, he's a result. freak, yeah, yeah. yeah he's a freak yeah, of nature. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I, mean, I should tell everybody, I mean, there's a bloke out there, we, he's a good mate of ours, he's a pads guy, Basil, and uh, Basil, Basil's a good pads guy. I can train with Basil for an hour and a half on the pads. I can train with Jeff for 20 minutes. And I'm and I'm after Basil. I can go and have my breakfast and have some coffee and talk talk. But after Jeff, I'm cooked. So and there's so I guess what we're talking about is intensity, right? Yeah. And I want to talk about that in the second half. And I really think your fans 
and people who even don't even know who would like to be your fan if they knew who you were mm -hmm. would love to know the fucking story. And I think they would see it as an inspiration for them in their business. If you turn it into a business thing, people understand, oh, shit, this guy's in the business of boxing. I'm in the business of selling tissues or whatever it is I'm, I'm doing in my own business, like I might have a warehouse or something. I've got to be as intense as Brock. 100%. Because you are fucking yeah. intense, but you've got a great story to tell. Okay, we're going to go to the break. We're going to come back. But when we come back, we're going to talk about Brock's regime. I want to talk about some of your, you consider to be some of your toughest fights. I want to talk about what's coming up. And I want to talk about how you run your business of boxing. And what that means is how you prepare, who you associate with. I know recently I saw a photograph of you with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Michael Clark's been messaging him for the last couple of weeks who was going to come to the fight. Those, those kind of things you can't, I mean, man. 22-year-old Michael Clark and Shane Warne talking to him. It's amazing. This kid's got the, the world at his feet. He's just got to plant the, that world around him properly and um, yeah, he, he, there'll be no stopping him, Mark. You'll be fucking careful what Warnie tells you, by the way. Okay, we're going to go to the break. We're going to talk to our sponsors. We're going to come back. Okay, we're back here with Brock Jarvis and Jeff Fennick. Um, and we've been talking about the business of boxing. And Brock, what are you now? What's, what's your record? Uh, 17 fights, 17 wins. And how many by knockout? 15. Okay. And uh, I mean, I have seen it, but you have a, a magic body punch. Um, how did you develop that? Did you discover it or Jeff showed it to you? What's oh, the deal? Just, yeah, we work a lot on that. We always work on that, actually. If you watch Jeff's fights, he, was a, he um, hit the body a lot. So I would say that I just picked it up myself. Uh, in terms of, you know, me and Jeff are very different fighters. So I think that is kind of my, my trademark shot. Well, it's funny you, you say different fighters. I mean, I, I would, not, would never be one to criticize that observation, but I think there are very similar fighters too in some ways. Um, not too many blokes fight in close like Jeff does. Maybe that's because Jeff trained you, but like he's a, you fight good in close. I mean, that's you move good and you really fight a good in close. And you hurt blokes when you hit them in the, in, in the liver if you can get one clean punch on them. I want to ask you this, toughest fighter. Who's the toughest fight you've ever had? Toughest fight I've ever had? Um, I believe... The toughest fight really is the preparation for a fight. So you're um, fighting with yourself then? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I believe, yeah. Jeff always, you know, tells me that's where the, the fight is won in the preparation. Um, yeah, it is It is kind of you versus yourself. Well, well, how do you deal with that? Like, I mean, let's say let's say you, uh, you have a shit night the night before and you might have an argument with your girlfriend. You married? No. Okay. You got a girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. Yes. We know who she is. Okay. So let's say you have an argument with your girlfriend the night before. Which, by the way, this shit happens to everyone in business. You wake up in the morning. What time do you get up? Uh, I get up five. Okay, good. And then what's your first thing you do? Uh, get up and put my, my gear on and go running. Go running, right? Yeah. Okay. So then what do you run, 8Ks, 10Ks? I run usually 7, 8Ks. Right. And you run at speed? I run hard, yeah. Yeah, you run, you run hard. hard. So yeah. you, you time and you sort of got a bit of a sense of the time yeah, and all I, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I push myself. Right, okay. Yeah. So you've had a shit night, bad sleep, body's full of uh, cortisol because you've been arguing, stress hormones. You wake up in the morning, how do you get yourself up and make yourself go for a run? I mean, you think, oh, fuck this, I don't feel like doing it. Do you get to that point sometimes? Yeah, but, I mean, if I have an argument with my girlfriend, that's kind of, you know, that's not, you can't, you can't even think about that. That's, you, you can separate that. Yeah, you got to stay uh, persistent. you got to keep your eyes on, on the, the goal ahead, so. Well, that's good. But, but how do you, but let's say, because we have a lot of people who listen to this who've got to get up and get, go to business at 5 o'clock mm. in the morning, they might run a flower shop. You've got to go and buy those. But they had the kid sick the night before or they had an argument with the husband or whatever the case would be. Um, they all thinking, oh, fuck, how do I do this? Because, you know, business is not so good. You know, like I'm not yeah. going so good. You, you might not be losing weight. You might be fucking gaining weight, not mm, getting to your yeah. goal. You, and so 
They, and they they were, how do the fuck do people get up? How, the people ask me, how do you keep your regime going? Yeah. For me, it's a habit, right? And if I don't do it, I get, if I don't stick to my regime, I get down. What is it for you? I mean, what, do, what do you do? Like, what do you, are you conscious of it? I mean, do you actually consciously separate these things? Yeah, well, what you just said about weight, that is, when your weight's not going the way that you, you want it to, that's, that kind of plays in your mind a bit. For me, it does anyway. So, yeah, it, it is kind of a habit. You've got to kind of just stick to the routine and, and keep grinding. There's no shortcuts to it. Just you just got to keep in mind that it has to be done. Do you, so do you rely on Jeff to do this, to tell you to do it? Or, or... No, no one tells me. No one tells so, me. So what, how did you do it, Jeff? Yeah, well, of course you, you do it on your own. But what I'm saying, just we're talking about Brock at the moment, see what Brock don't realise is I, I see the differences. I can feel the difference where he thinks that he's still there doing what he's supposed to do. I can see the changes. I know when he's had an argument the night before. I know when he's uh, had a shitty day making weight. I can see that in his face. And that's my job. Uh, people manage me. I, I, I try to manage every day differently. Every day, if I if I think I really get, had a great day on Monday, I'll taper a tiny bit on Tuesday. If I see him come in there and I see that he's a little tired or I think that he hasn't slept, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll change things around. Mark. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I do the best I can with him. And then, then there are days where, yeah, we have arguments because, they're, you know, he's – really worried about and concerned about making weight. But um, look, we, we get over all those um, boundaries and barriers because um, at the end of the day, we've got we've got the same goal at the end. The, the well, same... I, mean, I, mean, I think it's more than that, Jeff. I know you love the kid. 100%. And I just want to make sure that I've been through those things, Mark, you know, and I'd like to think that um, through word of mouth and me telling him that, um, you know, he's, he's got to, um, you know, make a decision one day not, not to go through what I went through because I, I, I remember some of the hardest days of my life when I'd fight my Back there, my son's mother, and then I had to go and train, or then I had to fight the, the next night, or the, the night before she'd say, Can I go? Yeah, go out and doesn't come home. I'm up all night. It's the night before I fight. So you've got to learn to really, um, I don't know, maybe I was just mentally tougher than, than, than most others. And I, like I said, I, I know Mark, I'd done things that were, that were crazy. I fought with broken hands. I, you know, before I fought Steve McCrory, I ran 15K the morning of the fight just to make weight in, in winter, three times 5K, setting the in the, in the hot bath, but I mean, I done that because yeah, I wanted to win. Like I said, I didn't want to let nobody down, Mark. And I know Brock's very, very similar in that way. But like I said, um, it's about if there's a way to make it easier, why not make it easier? If somebody can give you the advice and knows, and if I'm sitting with you and I sit here with you for an hour and you tell me all these ways to make money, and I go and do something else, how stupid could I be? I'm not stupid. I listen to you, Mark. You know, and that's what I hope Brock does with me. He listens to me. And what, what do you get out of listening to him, Brock? What, what do you think? Well, I just I'm, I'm listening to someone who's been there and done it all. So you know he. Who can I get better advice from than, than Jeff? And in, in terms of getting up at 5 o'clock or 5.30 in the morning and actually going and doing your 8K run, even though you might have had a shit night the night before, Jeff's just told you, I'm sure he's told you all the stories and, uh, you know, what he's done, he, he's told you all those stories running 15K before or four the night before I mean, or, or having dramas with his ex. Well, that was the morning of the fight, Mark. Morning fight, yeah. We waited at 12 o'clock. These guys weigh in 30 hours before. We ate, we waited in seven or eight hours prior to the fight. There's no time to put it back on either. Well, we tried to, but it, it was a very difficult to put, you know, to, to be that person you were a week earlier, that's for sure. So, like, Brock, that separation, like um, being able to separate your personal life from your business life, that's a conscious thing? Or you just yeah. do it because it's an instinct? I just keep... I keep in mind the end goal, and I just I just do it religiously. That's that's just how I do it. And then when you turn up to Jeff's to train with him after you've done your run, so typically you get a five thirty, you go for your run. Then what happens? Eat breakfast oh, or something? Yeah, well, when we're cutting weight, I run, and then I'll we'll go and sauna. I do a lot of uh, core work, strength work as well. When do you um, eat? Give me an example of what you would eat when you're cutting when I'm weight. When I'm cutting weight, I'll eat a small meal, which is probably 
oatmeal or maybe a bit of fruit at 8 a.m. And then kind of, I don't really eat anything all day until around 6 o'clock. That night. Oh, so yeah. just so people listening to this, so I know you are So he trains on eating nothing, Mark. Yeah, I know. That's right. All so drinking. That's really important. So by way of example, what do you walk around at? What weight do you walk around at? Roundabout? Or what do you I reckon? I fight it. Like my, my last fight was at 55 kilos. Okay. Let's say you got a weigh-in at 55 yeah. that for, what, the, the day before. What, how much weight are you losing? I'm over 60. Okay. So you're, you're losing somewhere like five, six kilos, right? Yeah. 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 How much weight you got on you? You don't carry weight, do you? No. You got no fucking weight no. on you. Know, you're like you're so trim, it's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. So you get up in the morning, you go for a run, then you go and do your sit ups and you do some, you know, strength work. You have when you say you have a small meal, what are you talking about? Oh, here? just a bit of oatmeal and some like a bit, a bit of, of oatmeal means yeah. what? Yeah, not much. A couple of spoons. <laughs> not much. A couple of just a couple of tablespoons of oats. <laughs> a small bowl. Yeah. Small yeah. portion. Okay. And 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 in terms of water? Well, I drink what I, what I need, you know. Yeah, yeah, okay. What, I feel what I you need. think you need. Yeah. What you, yeah. What you feel thirsty. Like and then you then you go when do you do your paperwork? Um early afternoon. What do you do between morning and lunch, training wise? Uh that that's it. Like like Jeff was saying before, you know, you can't you can't push for all these hours that people say they do. It's Right. It's so, but you're not eating though, are you? I'm not eating, so we try and stay as fresh as I can. Brock and I are real old school, Mark. We do our road work in the morning, the greatest fighters in history. Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Hagler, Hearns, Muhammad Ali. Fennec. Well, they all they all ran in the morning and they, and they train in the afternoon. All these guys are doing these crazy sessions at 10 or 11 o'clock and they're training at 3 o'clock. As far as I'm concerned, it's just detrimental to them. If you're going to do something, do it in, in, the, in that one session. Uh, your body needs the rest. Your body needs the rest properly. And um, these guys, a lot of the guys who implement uh, this um, routine to you, um, they're, they're they 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 got more egos than anything else. They're trying to show you what they can do, and you do. By the time they get to the the gym's the office, in the afternoon when Brock comes to the gym, I want him to be the best he can be, and um, that's that's why rest and food and fluids is all important. These other guys that are training at for an hour or an hour and a half in between them training at four or five o'clock, they go they're sore. They can't. If they wonder why they don't spar good, they wonder why they don't feel well because they're they're overdoing it. They're, they're, your body can't. Because sparring is about sharpening your tools. It's getting your skills up. That's right? what we do. We box, yeah. so we got it there. The the, the 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 boxing part of the day is the most important day. What's a boxing preparation period, um, Brock? We oh, do about eight a, weeks. Yeah, eight weeks. But eight weeks. I, I really believe it, it wouldn't. You know, I'm I'm always fit, so yeah. six weeks. Is so you six to eight weeks is sort of when you're getting ready six for a fight. Weeks, yeah. So during the process, sparring is really important. But I know Jeff has a really strong view on how much sparring, etc. Just explain to us what sparring means, um, so everybody knows. Now, sparring that, is pretty similar to a fight. So it's t- hard spar. Yeah, yeah, hard sparring. If you go to other gyms, people you know feel they have to prove something. So it's really it's just a fight with uh, bigger gloves, headgear. So. How do you choose your spar partner? I mean, when you're when you're the best in the country, how do you find someone who who can spar with you? Well, recently we just um, were overseas. Uh, that's what, Mark. That's why we travel. And um, look here in Australia, and no disrespect to any of them, though, we don't have um, we don't have the unity and the uh, and the love between everybody that we should have. And I think that's one of the the, the big problems of Australian boxing. We're not here to help each other. We're more everybody's against each other. So I take Brock. Um, to Thailand, Bangkok, where we have amazing sparring. We have some of the best fighters in the world there. Recently, we, we went to Las Vegas. Apart from meeting Mike, we, we had some amazing sparring at Bone, Bones Adams' gym there. And um, we went to Justin Fortune's gym. We were going to go to Freddie Roach's gym, but because of all this uh, sickness and stuff, we came home a little early. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 a huge preparation. And, and you got to think of this, Mark. To fight 10 or 12 rounds, you might spar 100, 110, and um, you're getting hit. 
you know, similarly to as you're fighting. The gloves might be a little bigger, but you're still getting hurt every day. And that's uh, one of the things that I've tried to implement and try to change now that I'm super aware of the, all these brain injuries and stuff that are happening to people after boxing is it's my job also as a trainer to make sure that we're not getting beat up in sparring and then having this mad war as a fight. So I'm trying to, to make sure that uh, our sparring aren't all wars. But then again, like I said, like Brock said, you'll get somebody who'll come from another gym and they're here to try to prove something. They try to knock you out in front of their, their group of people like we're in Vegas. And um, Brock had a, a couple of wars in Vegas, but they were great wars because um, everything that his opponent brought him, Brock showed me that he could do better. And I was really, really proud of uh, taking Brock to Vegas and we're looking forward to getting back there again. I saw a great a great photograph of you um, with blood all over your T-shirt. And, and, and that was actually a very clever Instagram post because a lot of people I know who know you were trying to work out whether it's your blood or someone else's blood. And um, like Basil, for example, said, oh, well, I think it's uh, Brock's blood because that when, you go, when you're bleeding, you wipe your face. And I said, but I mean, he's got his fucking gloves on. So how, how, I mean, and and a head gut on. So, uh, but, but the good thing is it started a conversation. It, it's, it's sort of what you want to see from a, a fighter, sort of. I, I don't want you to get injured or anyone else to get injured for that matter, but it's sort of what you want to see because it, it asks the question, well, shit. Well, that's what you expect, Mark. They go to war. They're, yeah, they're, totally. Boxing's a war. Yeah. So that's an example of a really good post yeah. that had a good emotion in it and yeah. uh, and asked the question, asked yeah. me a question and, and gave me um, yeah. got me to ask another that question. That Barney Allen, the Allen property shirt was covered in blood. And by the way, yeah. by the way, your sponsor would probably like that. Yeah. You know, and then there's an example where you can leverage your sponsor's, sponsor's name yeah. with the theatre because mm. the bottom line is, mate, you're in the business of entertainment. You're in the theatre. Yeah. That boxing ring, those training environments, that's fucking theatre. Mm. I mean, if you go to the theatre and no one says anything, everyone just sits around, it's all very quiet, and there's no colour, no light, no movement, you're going to walk out. You've got to produce your own theatre. Ken Bosa does. You like George, you know, he's always running. You see him running on the spot. I see Luke Jackson always puts up, he's running on the spot. Who do you follow? Who, who's the fighter you follow? Say, Devin Haney. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And what, what is it that you like when you follow him? What is it you see that you like about well, him? Well, I mean, they're all... They're all pretty consistent with their Instagram, I know that. Yeah, well, they do it a lot. There's yeah, plenty they of it. Yeah, they a lot. They must have cameras following around or something. Totally. Or, or turn they do it. Ken Bose does all himself, all, yeah, all, everything yeah. himself. But like, say, um, for example, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Ryan, Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia. Wow. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of similarities between you and Ryan Garcia. You know that? He yeah, knows so, that. He uh, knows that. He gets speed. caught. <laughs> Speed, you're a good-looking yeah. kid. Mark, we'll be overseas and people, oh, Ryan Garcia, they'll, they'll, they'll say 100%. that. 100%. Uh, yeah. Justin Bieber, you know, this kid's, this kid's got – Man, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good-looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to play with it. Like, like He's got to work that. I mean, but I, I mean, I follow Ryan Garcia, right? Like, uh, he just puts shit up there. He shows his speed. Yeah. I mean, you've got amazing speed too. Shows his power, shows his speed. That's what people want Skipping, to see. Skipping. I love watching people who can skip properly, you know, yeah. like, and, you know, play with a rope mm. and, uh, and and actually play the rope and create theatre and entertain me. Because, like, man, in my job – my job is full-on pressure all day long, right? Yeah. I see this come up. I think, oh, fuck, I'll just have a look at that for a break. Yeah. You're my break. Yeah, okay. And, you, mate, you might be fighting in the ring, but you're an entertainer, okay? Okay. Entertain me. Tell me what I want to – blood, I love the blood thing. That was – I wouldn't want to say it all the time, but give me the question. Because it, it wasn't as if you were, like, cutting. It wasn't It wasn't blood. his blood. It was his Well, opponents. I want to know. Whose blood was it? Uh, it was his opponent's. Yeah. yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Good, okay, cool. Yeah. And maybe you need to tell that story a little bit too because that's a good story. Yeah. So in your training regime, you've got six to eight weeks preparing for a fight. Can I ask you this? The day comes up, you weigh in the day before, and let's assume you get through the weight, which you always have, and you've got 24 hours or maybe 30 hours to wait before the fight. What the fuck's going through your mind? I just I try and stay relaxed and I just try and treat it like 
any other day. Because you can now eat, you can now drink, you can do whatever yeah. you want. Well, that's yeah. the most important thing, Mark, We are to rehydrate. And usually we have a, a nurse will be there to intravenously give him um, hydration. Food, yep. hydration. And then we eat and then we just, yeah, we try to, yeah, um, just talk about everything we've done and, yeah, like I said, I always How do you him, keep him calm? Yeah, because I tell him that um, once we've made weight, I don't believe nobody can beat him. I, I've had them that instilled in his head since he's a young kid. And like I said, once the preparation's done, I believe that, you know, everything else is easy for him because he's got so much skill and so much ability. And um, uh, our hardest job has always been making weight. Once you make weight, um, we've, yeah, like I said, we've won 17 fights out of 17, 15 by knockout, and um, hopefully it's going to continue. But we try to... Um, Put on weight properly. We don't, um, and, and Brock's really great at that. Where I only had hours before I used to just pig myself, Mark. Yeah. Brock's lucky he's got a little bit more time. Well, they give because they fight, he'll fight like normally he'd be at the end of the card or towards the end oh, of yeah, the card. Oh, yeah, at the end, but still was it like eight o'clock in the night. But he, but he'll, he'll weigh in four o'clock today and fight tomorrow night, 10 o'clock. 10, 10 p.m. Yeah. So he's got 30 hours. Yeah, 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 I had yeah. maybe seven or eight he, hours. He didn't have anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Hey, Brock, can I ask you this? And I've seen, I actually remember seeing this once. Do you ever get to a point? And I remember you had asthma, got asthma at that time mm-hmm. against yeah. the, was it against the Filipino? Yeah. Yes, it was. Is it easy to talk yourself into a, not a panic, but a, a worry situation? I mean, can you get, I mean, how do you keep your head straight? Great question, Mark, because that day yeah, he that talked day himself into a panic. Fucking oath, I saw him. I, I saw listen, him. I, I, was, I was an hour away from, from pulling the pin saying the kid couldn't fight. And then he went out there and proved what he's made out of for This me. happens in business all the time. Proved all he was a Jarvis yeah. that day to me because yeah. I'm a huge fan of Pat Jarvis and, and the whole family. But that day, yeah, he showed me something very, very special. But I, I know. What, what, what you, would you nail him? What round? First round. First round. Yeah. That was the, the – you, you hit him in the – you hit body shot, wasn't you? Yeah. 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 I, I remember the shot. But I was worried about you going on there because mm. Jeff was we were talking about it. But, uh, and I saw you. But what was, what was going through your head? Because this happens in business all the time. We've got to go and see our bank about something. We start yeah. to panic. Or the tax office is fucking up, hit us yeah. with something really bad. We're going to have a meeting. We start to panic. Yeah. We get worried. Or there's a downturn in the economy like there is at the moment. Like, you know, we're fucked. We're not actually getting the revenue in the door. My older son runs a hotel, like an accommodation hotel. He had two guests there. And normally you'd have, you know, 40 or 50 guests there, right? Mm. He's had two guests there. He had to close it down. This is a week ago. He started getting really nervous. Fortunately, he came up with a solution uh, this week, which we've solved it. But nonetheless... Big deal. Mm. How does Brock Jarvis, business people listening to this, how does Brock Jarvis deal with that panic? And, and what was the sense you had and when did you realise, oh, no, it's okay? Well, to be honest, I was, it, yeah, it was, I was pretty worried. What was worrying um, or was it just nothing? Well, I was pretty sick uh, a few days before and I'm, I'm losing so much weight. I've, it's, easy, it's easy for me to get sick, you know, so. Um, yeah, because your immune system's probably yeah, a bit low. Yeah, so um, I, was, I used to get asthma pretty bad when I was young and that day I just, I had a real bad. But, um, I mean, I had the right people around me. and um, But when did you realise it was okay? Oh, buddy, Mark, because I kind of realised when it was. It was just a couple of minutes prior to the fight. I took him for a walk. We, we Instead of warming up on the pads, we walked and we had a little jog there and had a little run back. I said, Brock, everything's going to be all right, mate. Just, just go out there, believe what we've done, believe in the process. We've done everything that we've always done. You're a little sick. I've been there. I've done that. I'm not trying to uh, – and, and, yeah, he – You just said it. Yeah. And that's sort of where I wanted to get to. Business is about the systems and the processes you put in place before the event occurs. Process, systems, you standardise everything, you did all the fucking work, you did all yeah. the preparation, you actually were ready for yeah. the fight. And that's what business has to do. Businesses have to put in place processes and systems so when the moment comes when they've got to sell, when the moment comes they've got to be confronted by some sort of thing, they can fall back on the systems and processes. Brock Jarvis, you're going to business. When you get in the ring, it's just – you just got to do your business. 100%. You fall back on the good stuff. Yeah. 
when you've got in the ring and you threw, you started throwing a few punches or copping a few punches, mm. you probably thought, fuck, none of that shit was in your mind anymore. You just forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, that was, it was all gone. Hey, Brock and Mark, we've thanked a couple of people. I know oh, we're running out of time. We just wanted to thank some people who've been Sydney City Toyota. No, so stop. Let's get Brock to thank him. John Rocker from Sydney City Toyota, thank you. Elias from Pain Away. Lou Zivanovich, of course, from Cave Group. We've got Clive from CT Freight. We've got Barney Allen from Allen Property Group. Couple more BBX that have helped us yeah, a lot, yeah. Yeah, and Stuart Law, who uh, have been great to us, and our great friend from Hooters, Sid Borg, and Joe Molnari from Singer Singer Beer. And what would you say to these people, mate? Like these are people who've been around there for a long time. What do you, this? This is your revenue line. What do you say to these people? I can't. I can't thank these guys enough for supporting me, and you know, from the start. So I appreciate everything they do. For and me. what are you going to deliver to them? Success. Continued success. Mark, just really quickly. Two guys that have been with us right from the start. We've mentioned once already, but by Australian properties, David Pascoe, who just flew all the way to America, watched a block spa and filmed us over. That was a, a great... Yeah, Dave's, Dave's been, with, been with us for a long time. And Paul from AWI Steel, this guy has just been amazing to, to Brock. It's just like you say, when people see you and they know you, 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 you're interacting, yeah, this guy's just... We're, we're blessed we've got great people around us. And Mark, I want to say this um, to Mark Burros. Ah. Um, no, no, I've got to say, because I know you never let me, but I can't thank you enough. Um, no, I'm not... Concerned about what you do for Brock, but your friendship with me means means the world to me, and um, hopefully it's going to be uh, there forever. Me, you, and Joe will be training for a long time. Pick and stick, brother. You know how it works. That's how I do. I pick and I stick. That's it forever. Yeah, forever. So I'm the same, and I and I want to bring Brock into that family. So, but I, don't forget some Brock. I mean, I can tell you something. You got the best trainer for me. One of the best trainers in the world. Tyson said he was. I mean, like, if he's not the best trainer in the world, he's one of the most experienced people in fighting in the world. Which is that's a great thing to have in your corner, right? But at the end of the day. Your business relies on you. It's going to be about what Brock delivers to all the people who want to share in that. And it's not just the night of the fighting. You just said earlier, the toughest thing you do is your preparation. 100%. We want to share in this preparation. That's yeah. what we want to know. We want to be every part of it. They want to go through it with you, mate. Totally. They want to we know we want to be doing. there, mate. We want they, to be there with every part of it. They want to know why they give you that, whatever they give yeah, you, that yeah, dollar, yeah, totally. $2. Yeah. So we're they not worried about our money being, our brand being put up there. I couldn't give a shit about my brand. I mean, I do, but I don't want you to say anything about my brand. I don't want you to say anything about me. I just want to be part of it. Yeah. That's why the fight game, particularly in this country, is one of the most listened to, watched, followed things there is in Australia. Always has been. Right back to the days when I went, went to the Horden Pavilion with a mate of mine who's now dead, who was an old army fighter. He dragged me along to the Horden Pavilion and I stood there and I paid fucking $18 or something for a ticket and I ended up being, it was a big pillar in front of me. I couldn't see it. I went there to watch this bloke here on my right. Who are you fighting, Jeff? Satoshi Shingaki. Correct. It was one of the greatest nights of my life. I was 23 or 4 or something, I don't know, but it was a long time ago. And You've got a great memory, Mark. <laughs> but but, <laughs> I, but, but I, even back then, it was the same deal, mate. Yeah. You have a product that everybody wants to be part of. And not only that, you're a world youth champion, so you actually represent the country. And not only that, you sort of represent what we want our athletes and boxers to look like, to be like. So, you know, you're an inspiration to lots of people. Which is why all these fighters that I've been talking to, Timmy's is a good example too. You guys are building a brand new platform yeah. of athletic fighters, athletic boxers, whether it's UFC or boxing, for Australians going forward. It's a big deal. Yeah. So, mate, big responsibility with that. And that means you've got to be fully active. Brock Jarvis and Jeff Fennick, thanks very much, guys. That was awesome. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. 